Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, one thing I appreciate about Steve and his wife Cindy is they've been faithful servants of the Lord. Mm. And they're involved in our lives. Mm. They love us. Mm -hmm. And they care about us. Mm. So Steve's going to share the word of the Lord for us this morning. Mm. Home is Peterborough, right? Yep. They cost for church in mm -hmm. Lake, Lakefield. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Steve's been involved in leadership there for his whole life, I think. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. So, anyway. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, I want that. Let's go. Yeah. Father, we're grateful for the word that we're going to Thank you. We have, and we pray for open ears. Yeah. Open hearts. Yeah. And uh, may we walk out of here differently. Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father. Bless Steve as he shares in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Here we're brother. <laughs> hmm. Buenas noches, mi amigos. Es bueno veros a todas. Sí. Confío en que estás bien. Hemos echado de menos estar contigo. Estamos bien. Basically, what I've said to you, uh, bonus, I actually meant to say bonus, uh, bonus DS. Yeah, I did say that. Uh, it's a great day. Um, good to be with you. I've missed being with you. What a wonderful privilege it is to stand together in this. We're all good. Okay? I said that. I don't think your mic is on. Okay, which one? Your speaking mic. Okay, let's turn this on. Um, it's on now. Okay, we're all right. So, um, I give you a little bit of that because that is my... Th been my thing for the last two weeks. Um, we came home on Friday uh, after spending um, two weeks in, in Lima, Peru. And uh, it's uh, always a joy for us to be there. And it's actually kind of funny uh, that I'm actually talking and not having to stop for somebody else to interpret. So uh, please excuse me. If I somewhere just pause for a minute and wait for somebody to say something, it's by force of habit. Um, but uh, it's... Sorry, um, it's 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 just been a, a real joy to be home, though. And to be honest with you, I think this is the first time outside of my own home and our own gathering of people that we've actually ventured outside in the last three years. So we've obviously done that abroad, but we've not necessarily done that in Ontario. And so it is a a, a real privilege to actually come and do this. Like Tom mentioned it to me, and I. Basically, I almost drove the day that he asked me to come um, because it just felt so refreshing to kind of think this can actually happen. And uh, so I was really pleased to be able to just say yes. And But it's good to see so many good faces and people that we know and um, also some new folks here. And we just, uh, again, Cindy and I appreciate the opportunity to be here. We, were, um, we have family who live this side of the 400. It, isn't that funny how you kind of think of the great divide uh, <clears throat> and the great divide is, is the 400 in that way and the 401 the, or actually highway 7 we are north of seven people you, you know what that kind of like right yeah we're that as well so uh, uh da -da 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 -da. so uh yeah we're north of seven and at the same time uh on the other side of the 400 and uh, when you cross over the 400 you want to make sure you can do as much as possible so uh we went over, we went into Snow and Sound there yesterday. And um, uh, Cindy was up there while I was in Peru for uh, a week and a bit. And um, they had four feet over, over two days. And to go up there today, uh, yesterday, and actually again, just see snow banks and, and, and a little bit of green grass, it was really quite amazing. As we, as you know, we live in the Bahamas of Ontario. And, um, uh, when all that snow was going around, we got absolutely nothing. And uh, green grass, and I had to pull some of the flowers out, uh, um, 
on Wednesday to make sure they, they got thrown away because they were still still green, believe it or not. So it's it's just, that's the way it is around our place. Um, and it's it's kind of funny when you move outside and you do actually see snow. And um, it's a good feeling. But we were up there last night and we were up there with our grandkids and uh, Scott, uh, I think it was Scott who asked, he said, uh, "Have any? did any of you adventure outside yesterday? And uh, man, that was windy. Uh, we, we were out uh, on near the sound and they were doing a tree lighting and, um, and that tree, they hung on for dear life that that thing would stay standing. It was a 20 foot tree that they were lighting and you, you know, just everything's tethered down and you, you, you know that there's lights on it, but you just can't find them for all the ropes that are hanging onto the tree. Right. And it was just a, a mammoth, a, ma a massive feat of strength to keep that thing from blowing right into the sound itself. And so we went um, on wagon rides. We we did roasted uh, s'mores over fire. This is in this big event that was up there. And uh, so we spent a few hours outside yesterday. Yeah. So come on now. Yeah. That's not bad for people who are coming from our area. Um, to be out in that kind of cold, right? Yeah. Um, if you have your Bibles, please, I'd like you to, to look at a couple things with me today. And um, the, the thing um, I want you to, to enjoy with me is just a, a little bit of a journey. And I want to take you on this ride because <clears throat> I feel it's really important for us to, to understand what the Lord says and what he's talking to us about. And I want to confess to you right now, I'm not a very smart person. Uh, so you're not going to get anything tricky. You're just going to get ordinary things, okay? And uh, 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 I do have a university education, but that was by luck. <laughs> and uh, so it's uh, it's it's it's. Uh, I appreciate just the opportunity to to go there and and for them to put up with me. But well, I got it. Right, so that's all the matter. I rang the bell and I, I walked out of there. Even my dad was surprised. Um, day of graduation, there's five or six thousand people there, and they called your name. And I went up in my little gown, my little hat on. I go grab the thing, and all I could hear my dad. It wasn't like congratulations. It wasn't like, hey, way to go, son. Hey, he's the best son ever. My dad said, it's about time. <laughs> so yeah, we we got we got through it all, but. You're in, if you're going to Acts chapter 1, and we're going to read from there uh, some scripture, and it's going to be uh, Acts 1, and we're going to read through probably uh, a, a good portion between 1 and 4, but we'll do it in bits and pieces. Um, and secondly, but before we read that, I want to, you to look across the page, and I want you to see John chapter 21. And on John chapter 21, verse 25, it says this, Jesus also did many other things, right? Because it says in verse 24, this disciple is the one who testifies to these events and has recorded them here. And we know that his account of these things are accurate. Jesus, verse 25, also did many other things. If they were all written down, I suppose the whole world could not contain the books that would be written. Wow! That's a lot of stuff going on in 33 years. Now, I just challenge anybody who's a little bit younger than 33 right now to think about living your life in the context that all the libraries of the world cannot contain all the things that you did. That is awesome. Like, incredible. So, like, he's literally saying, and, and perhaps maybe our world is different now. Yes, I get that. And perhaps maybe there are more libraries now. Yes, I get that as well. But what they're saying is that Jesus did a, a volume of things that, that represented his life and represented his life in God. And, and all of this material, all of these experiences, all the things that he would teach and all the things he would want you to know are contained in all the libraries of the world and they still cannot, be fill, uh, cannot contain what Jesus has, has basically said. Like, 
That's nuts. That's really crazy when you think it's that way. So with that, in my mind, I'm thinking, will I ever know him? With that, I'm thinking, is it ever possible to grab a hold of what he's saying? And we go over to Acts chapter 1, and in Acts chapter 1, we have a setting. And it comes down, and as we'll read it, you'll, you'll see it. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus is spending his last 40 days. Now, when I was in school, and particularly in university, it didn't help me much, but they would take the last week or two and summarize the whole year as to what has gone on and what you should know. And they would do that over a series of lectures that could take maybe close to four hours, two hours each time, two hours each time. And you're going afterwards, whoa, whoa, and you got writer's cramp and you're freaked out now because now you know you don't know anything. I was going to say no, nothing, but that's a proper and proper language. But <clears throat> so... You get that idea that, that, that you, 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 you man, how can I, how am I going to get through this thing? Well, here's Jesus, last 40 days. The libraries of the world cannot contain all the things that he's done. What's he going to do for 40 days? Imagine that summary. Like, that's a massive summary. Him coming in and saying, here's what you need to know before I go. Okay, everybody, pens out. Right? Papers in front of you, heads down. We're going to run at this as fast as we can and take it home and, and do your homework. And, and you can see the intensity of this. This is basically, this is speed 101, you know, discipleship right there. And you, I can just feel the pressure. If right then I'd probably be saying, Jesus, can we all have a nap? Right? But he, he's really in a place where he's, he's going to say something to them. But it's interesting. Let's, let's see what he says here. So we go through Acts chapter 1. I'm just trying to set the setting for you because, you know, the library, all those things, all, this, all experiences, can't contain everything he's done. Now he's got 40 days. What's he going to do with these 40 days? So it says this. In my first book, I told you, Theop uh, uh, Theop uh, this guy, his name is Theopolis, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his, uh, after giving his chosen disciples further instructions through the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm thankfully, am it's a good thing to realize that, that at this moment, that Jesus is not just trying to give them theory, but there is an impartation that he's wanting them to have that's going to come through the person of the Holy Spirit. My hope is, my hope is that most instruction that we could ever receive in our lives is through the person of the Spirit. So Jesus is taking his time not to just to give theory, not just to give lectures, not just to give teaching, not just to, you know, to hang out with them and do certain things, but he's working with the Holy Spirit on imparting certain things to them. So let's go a little bit further. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive, one thing, and he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's got all this volume of material and experience that he wants to put into the hearts of the people that he's going to leave in the earth that are going to represent him. These are the future leaders of the church why didn't he talk to them about what it was going to be like to be a pastor? Right? right? Well, oh, by the way, this is what you're going to face as an apostle. No, we're not, we're not doing that course. There was no summary in those things. Okay, so what would we do with children in Sunday school? How do we raise our families? No, we're not talking about that. Okay, then, if we're not talking about how about what it is to have, uh, you know, uh, money and spend our money and look after our money and be good stewards of money. No, we're not talking about that. Oh, okay. So what about the fruit of the Spirit? No, we're not talking about that. What are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about, for the next 40 days, the kingdom of God. 
Is that it? That's all. And if I want to leave an impression on you, Jesus is saying, the impression I want to leave with you is about the kingdom. Now, surely there was more to say. See, I, I'm that kind of person. I like to know with all the things and all that volume of that library, what's really important of all the things he said and done. And when we come to Acts chapter 1, and he has 40 days to explain all of that, he basically comes up with and says, we're going to talk about the kingdom. The takeaway of that whole time of all that library and all those experiences is that you need to know and you need to experience the kingdom of God. That's Jesus' biggest issue. As he's ready to depart and be with the Father and not see them again, he's basically saying to them, I'm going to talk to you about the kingdom. And I want you to get it into your hearts. I know you're going to feel the pressure of leadership. I know you're going to have churches that may, may not get along with each other. I know you're going to feed, see issues, but that doesn't matter. What matters right now to you is that you understand the kingdom. Why would he say that? When there's so much more to be talked about. What about healing? What about deliverance? You know, what about all these little things that we face all the time, or big things that we face all the time? He says, no, I want to talk to you about the kingdom. That's it. Now, to be honest with you, as a teenager growing up in the church, as a boy growing up in the church, as a young man growing up in the church, I never heard about it. No one ever talked to me about it. No one ever mentioned it. In fact, when they did say the kingdom of God, I thought they meant heaven. But I don't think Jesus is just saying, okay, by the way, heaven's going to be fun. We're going to really rock out, so let's talk about the kingdom. I don't think he was doing that. He was trying to give them something practical, something real, that was going to help them in every part of their life, every part of the life, because it was important to him, but it was also important to the Father. And so he says, this is what you're going to get. Now, here's the interesting thing is, he tells them all about the kingdom and how important it is and how this can affect every dimension of their lives and what they're doing at work and what they're doing with their children and what they're doing with their, with their money and how they're living in their towns and with their neighbors and how they're going to be with each other in church and how they're going to face the enemy and deal with principalities and powers. He says, this is what you need to know. You need, about the, no, you need to know about the kingdom. And I think, wow, there's a lot there. How come no one told me about this? But then he says this to them. <clears throat> now, I'm going to go away, and you'll read this in the next verse. Okay, let's, let's go there first so you don't doubt me. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, don't you leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, okay, now he's armed them in 40 days with all this understanding about the kingdom. And in it are all the answers to life in this one package. But he says to them, you better not leave town, not in the shape you're in right now, because this thing that I told you doesn't work without the Holy Spirit. It says the kingdom does not work without the Holy Spirit. So he said, if you want to understand this revelation that I have, if you want to understand this teaching that I'm trying to bring to you, if you want the answers to every circumstance you're going to face in your daily walk throughout the world, every day, every day, he said, you're going to need the Holy Spirit to help you see and understand what the kingdom is like. So what's he say to them? He says, look, it. lock yourself in a room. And don't come out of the room until you got it. Now, again, I'm going to be very forthright with you. No one ever told me that in Sunday school. No one ever taught me that in my youth groups. No one ever taught me that in all the camps and Christian things I did and was a part of. No one ever said to me, don't go anywhere. Don't 
do anything until you get the Holy Spirit in your life. But Jesus did. And he told it to his disciples. And he told them about the kingdom, equipped them with this knowledge, this revelation that was like fire in their hands. But he said, you can't use this until you receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if you think about this, Jesus' last words are very, very instructive, very helpful what's going to take place in the world of what they're going to face. Yet at the same time, he's given them two simple takeaways, the kingdom and the Holy Spirit. This is going to unlock the mysteries of the world. This is going to fill all the libraries of the world, and they're going to be your experiences. If you are willing to wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you, then you're going to see things you've not seen before, and a whole new book will be written. Isn't that amazing? But instead, somehow we've lost the essence of what the kingdom is about, and we've lost the essence of what the Holy Spirit is about. And here Jesus is explaining them that it's not that they need the Holy Spirit for Sunday morning meetings. He's saying that they need the Holy Spirit to live in the kingdom and to experience the fullness of what God has for them. Where was I in all this? Somehow I must have skipped school or skipped the class, right? I just didn't understand it until one day someone began to explain to me that the kingdom is what Jesus was teaching on a constant basis. It's interesting when Jesus went into the desert, you find him, you know, having this contention with the enemy in uh, Luke chapter 4. And, and it says that he comes out and at the end of this, this battle with the enemy, he comes out full with the, of the Holy Spirit. And what's he say to everybody at the end of it? He says, I must preach the kingdom of God in every town that I go to. Wait a minute, there it is again. What, what are we doing here? Jesus, even in the midst of somehow all this conflict, he comes out and he doesn't say, phooey on that. He doesn't say, pack that in. I'd rather go to church. What's he say? What's he, what he does turn around and say is, look it. I'm full of the Holy Spirit and this is what my mandate is. And his mandate is the kingdom. And because he preached the kingdom, because he gave the gospel of the kingdom, guess what happened? People came to Christ, people were delivered of demons, and people got healed. Well, there's something. But he stuck to this, these things. It's interesting that Jesus would even take this a little bit further. If you want to look with me in John chapter 3, and uh, I think you'll see where I'm kind of going with this. And, Again, I said to Cindy this morning, I hope that this verse is still here when I go try to find it. Um, but I had an idea that it was, and I think it is. So we're in John chapter 3, and it's in verse 1. Ever go looking for a verse, and you say, I know it's on that side of the page. You ever do that? I, I like, it's somewhere on that side of the page. And I think there's a big number beside it. Somewhere, maybe I did it in yellow or maybe did it in pink. I can't remember, but I've underlined it. And that's why I'm often I'm trying to re remember where these verses are. So in John chapter 3, it says, There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after, after dark one evening, <clears throat> he came to speak to Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God was sent, to, uh, sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. Now, this is a real praise for Jesus. You've got to imagine, hey, it's really good to meet you. Um, we've heard about you all over the place, and some incredible things are taking place. And I just want to say, man, it's awesome. It's really awesome. Listen to Jesus' answer to that. I tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Wait a minute. Whoa, we didn't even want go. I, I didn't even ask the question about the kingdom. You know? And Jesus just steps right in there, you know? He says, you're awesome. He says, you, you set demons and people free of demons. You heal the sick and you preach and people go, I want you and I want to follow you. And oh, it's wonderful. That, that's a amazing meeting. I'm just, this is fantastic. I'll follow you anywhere. And he says, 
Listen, you want to see the kingdom of God? You must be born again. Yeah. Well, I didn't ask for that. But Jesus takes it right off all the stuff that's happening. And where's he put it? The takeaway is the kingdom of God. He brings it right back to center and he says, listen to this. I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Here's an interesting thing. Why does he use the word see? Because I think it is something to be seen. Jesus was looking for a, a revelation in their hearts that somehow would change the focus off of all the experiences that were taking place and all the amazing things that were happening. He wanted them to see something that was beyond that. And that was for Jesus ruled and reigned and all things were under his feet. Your life, your issues, your problems, your sicknesses, your debt, all things were under the feet of Christ. He said, I want you to see this kingdom. Because he says, this is what's coming. It's not just that healing's coming. It's not just that deliverance coming. It's not that just salvation is coming. But the kingdom is coming. He says, and I want you to see that. Well, he doesn't just say that and leave it with this guy. This is what he does. He says, what do you mean? Like he said, I didn't even ask you the question. He says, what do you mean? And then he says this. How can an old man go back to his mother's womb and be born again? He says, like, I'm, I'm, totally, I'm totally freaked out now by what you're talking about. Because this is not, I was talking about the miracles. I was talking about the demons. I was talking about all the wonderful things that are happening. And now you're talking about being born again? Where, where are we going with this? And then he says this. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the of being born of water and of the spirit. Humans can reproduce only human life, but the spirit gives birth to spiritual life. There we go again. Now forgive me, but Jesus sometimes is, just starts saying the same things over and over and over again, as if we're not getting it. Did I say that out loud? I did, did I? Yeah, as if we're not getting it. He says, I know you're really impressed with what's happening. I know you're really impressed by all the miracles and all the signs and all the wonders. But I don't want you to be just impressed by these things. I want you to see the kingdom because it's from that all these things are happening. And he says to him that to actually, you, to actually see the kingdom, you have to be born again. And actually, to be born again, you've got to be born of the Spirit. And the Spirit has to... Is he talking about the Holy Spirit in the kingdom again? Yeah, he is. What's he doing this for? Because it's Jesus' takeaway of all the things that you see and all the things that you're impressed with and all the churches you might go to and all the worship teams you may have seen in your life and all the messages you may have heard. It still comes down to this. Jesus says it's about the kingdom and about the Spirit. That's what you got to go after. He says, I want you to see this. I remember one time somebody saying that to me and says, do you see it? I said, what is there to see? He says, if you see it, you'll never be the same again. And this is what he's telling him. You like all this stuff, but there's something for you to see that will change your life. It's a revelation that comes from the spirit where the kingdom is planted within your heart. And what is that? It's where Jesus reigns and rules. First of all, here. Because Jesus said this. Some will say this, that the kingdom's over there and the kingdom's over here. And some will say it's over here. But he says, I want to tell you, he says, that the kingdom is established, first of all, here. Right here. He says, it's within you. It becomes a part of you. It becomes a part of your heart. It becomes a part of your soul. It becomes a part of your vision. It becomes a part of your walk. And you begin to see the world differently because you're not seeing it through your human eyes. You're seeing it through the eyes of the kingdom. When Jesus looked at sick, he didn't look at it as, this is impossible. This is horrible. Sure, he had compassion. But he looked at it in the sense of the kingdom and says, there's healing in the kingdom. There's salvation in the kingdom. There's hope in the kingdom. There's righteousness in the kingdom. He saw all of that within this. It's interesting. 
when people came to Jesus and they're really concerned about, okay, how are we going to pray? And he's really concerned, they're really concerned, saying, look, we, we see you pray, and the way you pray is phenomenal. And we're going to Matthew 6, that's where we're heading right now. And they're, they're kind of thinking, okay, so what, what we, what, how, do, how do we do this? Because you pray and things happen. He says, okay, so when I pray, or, or when you are going to pray, I want you to, to pray in this context, not pray the same prayer. I don't want you to memorize the prayer. I want you to pray in this context. Okay? We're busy trying to pray the same thing he prayed. He's saying pray this way. He didn't say pray this. He said pray this way. So what's he do? He says, Almighty God, Lord of heaven and earth, how majestic, how awesome is your name. All things belong to you. Everything on heaven, in heaven, earth are yours. Now, you who is above all and in all, all things, he says this. Help me here. Your kingdom come. Disciples, in their time of prayer and being alone with God, or being instructed by Jesus to pray that the kingdom comes. Steve, do you mean the return of Jesus? No, I'm not talking about the return of Jesus. It doesn't say that. It says that his kingdom would come. On earth, here we go, as it is where? What's the connection here? Jesus wants to see what's happening up there happening here. Did you see where I pointed? What's happening up there come and happen here. He wants to see what's taking place in all the glory and all the greatness and all the things that God is doing in an unseen world where he is over all things and rules over all things. He wants to say, I want that to come here. And then it says this, Jesus says, when it comes to things of where you are feeling indebted, I want you to know this. He says, you can ask that your debts be forgiven. Isn't that amazing? He says, and they will be. He says, you can ask that every aspect of your life from eating to care of your kids, to your places where you're sleeping and when your shelters that you're a part of. He said this, ask. He says, and that provision will be yours. What's he praying that asking with? It's in the context of heaven on, come on, heaven on earth as it is in, as it is in heaven. He says, when you pray, that the kingdom come, you're actually praying that God's grace, God's forgiveness in your life and you in forgiving others will be released. And he says, and that every care that you have about your daily concerns in life, he said, that they will be looked after. Give us this day, this day, our daily bread. And then he says at the end of it, you pray this, for yours, the kingdom belongs to you. It's power. Did you hear that word? It's power. And it's glory. And it's forever. And Jesus says, I want you to pray in that context. Well, man, you understand now why this is so important in Jesus. Because he actually sees Christianity being lived out through the spirit and through the kingdom. He didn't see it as the way I received it. He didn't see it as me not ever knowing about it. He didn't see it as me not ever even seeking about it. Because at the very end of Matthew chapter 6, where he's talking about that prayer, he says this. How many of you know that you can't add one day to your life by worrying? Does he not say that? He says that. 
you can go ahead and worry and stress and freak out about things. But he said, are you going to add any more time to your life? Of course not. He said, so why do you do it? I love Jesus. He's so direct, right? So why do you do it? Come on, Jesus padded a little bit. We, we, we're kind of soft inside. We hurt our feelings. But no, he says, why do you do it? Why do you worry about this stuff? And he does say that. He says this stuff. And then he says this. Do you not know that your heavenly Father cares for you and that he already knows what you need? Wow. And then, right after that, not in another Bible or another book in this Bible, but in our Bible, right the next verse he says this, because I want you to seek first the kingdom. Oh, come on, you just keep saying that. Why? Because he's got, a, he's got one answer. It's just one answer. He keeps saying it over and over again. He says, because your provision is found in the kingdom. The release from your worry is found in the kingdom. All the things that you need in life. He then says this incredible phrase. He says, for all things will look after themselves within the kingdom. Come on. You understand now why when we go to Acts chapter 1 and we read that the only thing he ever talked to them about was the kingdom, why it makes sense now to us that it was important? Because he says this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his and all these, all these, all these, what's those things? You know the things. We all know those things, right? The things that you thought about on the way here, the things that you thought about last night going to bed, the things you thought about all day yesterday, the things you're going to think about tomorrow. All these things will what? Will be added unto you. Is this out of context that I'm pulling this so that it doesn't belong to the kingdom? No, it's right in the verse. And it's right in the prayer that's before that. Somehow, I missed it. And he says to me, not only do I want you to see the kingdom, I want you to pursue it. It's my life goal. I pursue Jesus, yeah. But I pursue Jesus who reigns and rules and leads this kingdom called the kingdom of God. But before we end all this, let's bring back this person called the Holy Spirit. Because he's really important in all this. Jesus told them not to leave, right? He told them, don't go. Don't you dare touch the streets. Because if you touch those streets without the Holy Spirit, you're going to bring a lot of legalism to people. And people don't want to belong to a legalistic church. Right? You're going to give them a whole lot of methods and a whole lot of rules, and then you're going to pose them on them, and everybody's going to go crazy. So we need the Holy Spirit to more or less bring these things into your life with a measure of grace. So he says, you lock yourself in this room. Do not touch the streets. Let the Holy Spirit touch your lives, and then that way the kingdom will come out in a way that's full of mercy, that's a way that's full of goodness, and people will receive it for what it is. And you also have a power to be able to set people free and see the sick come and made well. So, okay, he says that to them. Well, guess what Paul begins to talk about? In Romans chapter 14, if you go there with me, and we're going to wind this thing up right here. Romans chapter 14, we come to a particular place where in the church, <laughs> well, it's a bit like ours, or has been, maybe not anymore, but it used to be at one point in time. People are a little bit of a sorts, not really getting along together, because, you know, some of them are kind of judging each other. You've never been in a place like that, have you? Okay, good. You know, people are kind of upset with each other because, you know, some kid, people are raising their kids a certain way and other people are raising their kids a certain way and they kind of look at the ones who are raising them that way and think you're doing it wrong and they're saying you're doing it wrong. And everybody's at kind of odds at each other and some people are eating 
herb things and organic stuff and over people over here are eating chips and lays and all these other kind of things and they're really upset with them and they you know they sit in this side and they sit in that side and you know, then there's other people who's, you know, their their wives have got real big fancy and poofy hair and other girls who've cut it over here and, oh, man, we don't want to deal with that. I've seen that. I've seen it. I was in a meeting once, and I'm not kidding you. This side walked in here, and, man, they're all in this formal dress and white and really looking cool, and they all sat on this side. And on this side, all the people came in, and they're kind of like, you know, looking kind of, modern, you know, ladies had earrings and makeup on their face and cut their hair and all this kind of stuff. And these people here came and told me that they were not coming into the next meeting unless these people left. Ah, hmm. We got a problem. Guess what they didn't see? They didn't see the kingdom. Guess what person they were missing? The Holy Spirit. It was nuts. We had paid for everybody to be here. There's 200 people that we had paid for to be there. <clears throat> Some had ridden trains for three days to get to that place. And so I talked to these people over here with my friend and talked to these people over here. And these folks said, you know, we're sorry, but, you know, should we go back to wearing what they're wearing? They said, we said, no, you shouldn't do that. But we're trying to help these people understand there's a way we can do it and try to, con you know, work this thing out. What eventually happened, we paid for these people a second time to leave and go back to home because they wouldn't sit with believers who had shorter hair and earrings. Without the Holy Spirit, Jesus is really concerned that we would screw this up. You hear where I'm going with this? That we would make things very legalistic and that we would teach people and we would teach them more rules than we teach them spirit. And that's what was wrong. He wanted them to understand who the Holy Spirit was because only in the Holy Spirit could you really receive the conviction that would change the heart, change your actions. He was trying to get away from the fact that people need to be told what to do and come from the fact that they would understand and hear from the Holy Spirit and walk with conviction in their lives. And that's what he was, he was working towards that. So he's really moving on this direction, right? But thank goodness that Paul understood this because he saw the problems in the church in Romans, where they're really struggling, trying to get along together because of what people ate in, in the church and how they wouldn't associate with each other and various things and what holidays they celebrate or didn't celebrate. Just in case you know, Cindy and I disagree at Christmas all entirely. We actually believe that there's a big rabbit called the Easter Bunny. Hopefully it doesn't offend you. I'm only kidding you. But there are things like that that were going on in, in, in Rome, and they're really concerned. How do we see the blessing of God when there's such division in the hearts of people? And they said, we've got to see this thing come together. And we've got to see people living right and people living together in this. So we come to this place, and here's the background that I've given to you. <clears throat> and it comes to verse 15. It says this, and if another believer is distressed, in Romans 14, 15, and if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you're not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let, any, don't let your eating ruin someone in whom Christ died. Then you will be criticized for doing something, uh, sorry, then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good. And then he says this, for the kingdom. Why is he bringing this up when we're talking about eating food? Why is he bringing this up? Because he's saying you're missing perspective. Do you hear what I'm saying here? You're missing the perspective of what the kingdom gives you. A perspective that has a, not just grace, but has an understanding about the people you walk with and what's more important. You hearing me? He says, the kingdom, here we go, which he believes we all live in is not a matter 
of what you eat or what you drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. What is the kingdom? A life of goodness, a life of peace, and a life of joy. What is the kingdom? A life of goodness, a life of peace, a life of joy. What is the kingdom? I'm almost getting like Jesus here, sorry. It's a life of goodness, a life of peace, and a life of joy. Then he puts a little hook on it. Here's the hook. Where is the kingdom? In the Holy Spirit. Paul got it. Paul got it. He knew that if he lived a life full of the Holy Spirit, he would produce a life of goodness, peace, and joy, and it would be the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. There's a takeaway. 40 days. All the volumes of all the libraries everywhere in the world could not contain what he's saying or what he did. But within a verse, Paul says this, the kingdom that is to come from heaven into earth is a life of goodness, peace, and joy in you because the Holy Spirit lives in you. When Paul says, <clears throat> I don't want you people messing around thinking about this or that. I want you to be a people filled with the Spirit. Do you understand now why that was so important? Because heaven could not be seen on earth without it. Heaven, what's taking place in there, Jesus wants to manifest it in me. What's taking place in heaven, he wants to, wants to manifest it in you. And all those volumes, yeah, they're spectacular and they're amazing. But Jesus says it's very simple. It's about the kingdom and about the spirit. You understand those two things and the essence of them? The importance for you as a believer, you understand what it is to live a life of righteousness, peace, and joy, and heaven will come down in ways that you've never seen before. People say, I want to see miracles. I say, you better be filled with the Holy Spirit. People say, I want to see demons set free. I think you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. People say, I want to see people get along and that there be unity in the church. Well, you better be filled with the Holy Spirit because if you are, you will see the kingdom. Amen. There's a lot here, isn't there? In just two little things, the kingdom and the spirit. My takeaway was pretty simple. After all the kind of years of teaching I had as a kid, and as a teenager, even as a young adult, and trying to get as much information into this tiny little brain that I had, try to figure it all out. And I just found that somehow Jesus did it very simple in Acts chapter 1 with three verses and said he taught about the kingdom and he told them to receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, okay, that's good enough for me. With that, and receiving the Holy Spirit, I've received a teacher. I've received a helper. I've received a guide. I've received someone who's going to lead me into a life in the kingdom. I want to encourage you today that a life of living in the Holy Spirit is not accomplished on a Sunday morning. It's not accomplished by me telling you about it. It's only accomplished this way by you seeing that this only thing, all this stuff that we know about Jesus and all the stuff that we know about church and all this stuff that we know about what it is to have faith together, it only works through the Holy Spirit. There's no other way. And if we don't pursue him, if we somehow set him off to the side, then we'll never really clearly see the kingdom as Jesus wants us to see him, see it and see it in our own lives. 
This person of the Holy Spirit is essential to us. He is the key. He is the key to making the kingdom real in me. He's the kingdom of making the kingdom real in us and it not being a legalistic thing so that everybody in the world rejects it. But it becomes something that's something real and full of love. The love of God. And somehow that becomes a thing that people see. He's the person, Holy Spirit. Because quite frankly, I think there's a fruit thing that the Holy Spirit has. And I think one of them is love, isn't it? Oh, there we go again. We keep going back to the same thing. To be a person full of the Holy Spirit, you do produce the fruit of the Spirit, and one of those things is love. Isn't it amazing how all this broken down so simply always goes back into the same place? And I come home with two words one day with Cindy, and I said this, "Hun, I get it now. And she was so thankful. <laughs> I said, it's about the kingdom and about being filled with the Spirit, and I think I can, I can get it done. Today, and me being here, if I never ever see you again, I hope you can only remember two things, not about all the volumes that I have filled up in the libraries, but you remember that it's about the Holy Spirit and it's about the Kingdom of God. And with that, you can go anywhere in the world. You can speak to any person in the world no matter what government they're a part of, no matter what religion they're a part of, no matter what color of skin they have, no matter what language they have, they all will know that language because it's universal. It touches every life, it touches every economics, it touches every politics, it touches everything because the kingdom has no boundaries and neither does the Holy Spirit. There's no division here, there's no walls here. What more could we ask for? If you wouldn't mind, stand with me. <clears throat> uh, there's a lot that we could say here, a lot we could, we could go forward with, but I'd rather just leave it here at this moment that I want to impress on you the importance of this. We live in an important day today. The world is fed up with Christianity. I don't know if that's a surprise to you. But it is. We currently sit in Canada in the population at 3%. And that's being rejected not because it's great. It's being rejected because how we've tried to portray it to the world. They've not seen the Holy Spirit in us. They've not seen the kingdom in us. If we want them to see anything, we want them to see that first. Now, we could probably stress and try to figure out how to reach them and do this and do that and do that. But if we're not a people who are going to live by the Spirit and live with our eyes in the kingdom, then we really don't stand a chance and we're just going to repeat history. If anything, what needs to change is us. We need to change. We need to be a people of the Holy Ghost. We need to be a people of the kingdom. If you really understand what I'm saying, you say amen in your heart and it's somehow leaping something new. I'm just going to ask that God release an understanding and a revelation in you that somehow when you go home and over the next days, you find yourself blowing up inside. And I'm, and I'm saying blowing up. You know why? Because in Revelation it says this. It says, and everything that can be shaken will be shaken. Do you hear what I'm saying? But what's it say at the end of that? Until that which remains is the kingdom. When you feel the Holy Spirit moving in your life, when you feel the kingdom moving in your life, there'll be such a shaking, and you'll feel the things are unraveling. But at the same time, all of a sudden, something's growing up inside you that's stable and solid, and you think, I've never felt this way before. Everything around me is moving, but I feel okay. Because a new perspective is coming into your life. If you're with me on this, and you're feeling that urge in your own heart and the prodding of the Spirit, then I want you to just reach out and say in your own heart, Father, I need to seek first the kingdom. I need to find it. I need a new perspective.
because I need to change the way I think. Amen? So, Heavenly Father, right now, as we're all standing before you here, Lord, we're seeing the evidence of a world that's going south, a world that's not doing well, a world that's struggling in its very best. But we're also seeing, Lord, a church that doesn't have the answers. But Lord, we know that the answers are in the kingdom and that they are in the spirit. And so, Father, we're asking you today that where there is a lack of the spirit in our lives, you will release him in Jesus' name. Where there have been walls that we've built up because of fear of the spirit, because of the things we've seen that are a bit odd, Lord, I pray that you would help us come to terms with the reality of actually who the Holy Spirit is to us. Lord, I pray that for those who've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit, that you would, Lord, just give them an awakening of the Holy Spirit in their lives right now in Jesus' name. Lord, you said there's a matter of belief that needs to take place in us. We don't want to be doubters anymore. We want to be believers. <laughs> Father, we want to be believers. So, Lord, just open up your Holy Spirit in our lives here today. And with that, I'm praying, Father, for a revelation of the kingdom to come into people's hearts here today. Lord, transform the thinking in this house. Change it, Father. Lord, I pray that they might not see things through the eyes of church people, but they see it through the eyes of people of the kingdom. Father, I pray they don't see the eyes through eyes of religious people, that they see it through eyes of people of the kingdom. And Lord, I pray that you will empower them and that God they will go forward and they'll see people delivered of demons. They will see people who are sick made well. I pray, Father, that they will see their fears fall like dust to the ground. I pray, Father, that they will see those notions, Lord, that were once held, Lord, shattered. And Father, you will set your people free in this house. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for the opportunity being here with you today. I hope it didn't offend you too much. <clears throat> um, but um, as you see, we're very passionate about this. It means a lot to us because we honestly feel it's in the simplicity of the gospel the answers are there. And we have to start, stop being too smart. And we have to go back to the more simple things that really Jesus talked about. And if you can do that, boy, you're going to have a ride. And it's going to be good. God bless you. Thanks, Tom. So she needs um, not a deeper connection with God. It's very beautiful. Discipline in many areas, especially time with Jesus and reading the Bible. Stop procrastinating and my mind wandering. I mean, you're not going to remember all these, so 
point, but we're going to put them on the prayer wall on uh, online. And a picture of her, so you'll know. You don't really know her that well. So I'm not going to go through them all here right now, but uh, if you want to go there and read her, uh, her requests and remember uh, to pray for her this week, send her an encouraging note or uh, email. Um, yeah. And um, also, we have been praying this week for Sue Duffy, who's not doing so well. And she can't be here because she's housebound. But we're going to pray up here for her like we do for everyone. And we're going to record it, and then we'll take it over to her so she can hear the prayers. And just a reminder, we have lunch next week, building. So um, as we leave this place, I was thinking of a sort of a prayer to send out. And um, I got this closing prayer from a, it's a, devotional that I listen to. It's Lectio 365. And this is the prayer. We just pray it together as we leave this place. Father, help me to live this day to the full, being true to you in every way. Jesus, help me to give myself away to others, being kind to everyone I meet. Spirit, help me to 